Welcome to On Time in Full, a podcast from Designed Conveyor Systems. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast episode of On Time in Full brought to you by DCS. I'll be your host today, Gabrielle, and I'm thrilled to be joined right now by Peter L., who's actually the Systems Engineering Manager in Distribution and Fulfillment at Design Conveyor Systems. Today, we're going to be talking about you know how we can demonstrate the value in systems design. So here to enlighten us on the subject as well as provide any actionable insights is Peter. So Peter, welcome. Hello. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Good to be here. All right. So Peter, to start us off, uh, let's go ahead and just get a name, title, uh, just what you do in your day-to-day, any uh, industry experience you've had, and you know what ultimately brought you to DCS? So I have been in the industry for about 30 years now. I have an industrial engineering background, actually. I've worked in a wide variety of arenas, I would say. Uh, For example, I've worked in supply chain consulting. I've worked in third-party logistics uh, for a number of years. I've worked for an automation provider uh, based in Europe for a number of years, designing automated uh, shuttle systems and things like that. I've been in many, many operations doing operations improvement and um, process redesign and that sort of thing. A lot of facility layout work. So it's um, a lot of years of just being in many, many types of distribution centers, seeing how companies have had to sort of evolve from primarily retail store fulfillment to e-com and things like that. So in my role at DCS, I'm a systems engineering manager in the distribution of fulfillment group. And uh, we have a team of engineers that really focus on not just um, drawing conveyor lines, but really bringing value to customers, fully understanding what their needs are uh, to be able to give them the, the right solution. It's not just about technology, really. It's so much more. No, it is so much more. I agree. And, you know, that's what we're here to talk about today. Just, you know, how can one gain a full understanding of the customer's requirements? What are some of the steps you can take to ensure that you've got just the overall big picture of what they need in the solution? Yeah, it's a great question. I think really, Gabby, it starts with a fundamental ability to be a good listener. I know that may sound very simple, but uh, so many times... We have a tendency to come in where we already have sort of decided or predetermined what their answer is going to be uh, before the question is asked. And I, I don't I don't think that's the right way to approach it. I think we really focus on listening to what the customer is experiencing. What are their pain points? Where in the operation are they really dealing with um, challenges? Because very often what you find when you sort of look under the covers, you peel layers of the onion, what you find is, yeah, there may be some equipment uh, changes required, uh, maybe obsolete equipment, or it's just not able to meet the rates uh, because the customer's business has grown. They have a lot more product to ship in a shorter period of time, for example. But very often we also see that there are things beyond that um, in terms of the operation itself, the processes and things like that. And so it's really important to fully understand what the customer is stating their requirements are, but also to be able to look beyond and make sure that um, we're not just proposing a new technology uh, before we fully understand their operational and other aspects of it too. 
Well, you mentioned uh, understanding some of the pain points. So, you know, how uh, do you understand the points of uh, pain points of in-scope processes and just where does that come into play in terms of operational areas for budget and also for timeline? Yes, I mean, that's really, really key. I think uh, when you find that um, there are, so let's say, for example, we look in an operation in an area where, yes, there's clearly some issues here the customer needs to be able to address. Uh, maybe it's throughput related or something like that. We may come up with a technology, Gabby, that we know could work, so to speak. Uh, if you implemented it, it would, it would meet their requirements. However, maybe the lead time on that, maybe the cost on it is prohibitively uh, high. And so we are always focused on what are some alternatives? Because there is so much out there now. There are so many different companies that are developing new technologies. And, and uh, some of them are, the, the price has come down on a lot of the automation where it may still be viable for us from a cost standpoint, but still the lead times are so high that we have to recommend a different direction for them to go. So I think that's part of the answer, not all of it. For sure. Well, you know, why is it still important to, you know, just think like an operator specifically during systems design, you know, what are some of the reasons that it's almost necessary? Uh, I would say it absolutely is necessary. And really, Gabby, what we mean by that is thinking like an operator is as systems engineers, of course, we have expertise in taking a, a layout, an AutoCAD drawing, and, uh, you know, okay, we need to add some conveyor in this area. It's, again, important to understand what procedurally, operationally is going on there. So for example, as an operator, if I need to be able to get access for people to get and do maintenance in that area, uh, maybe it's moving pallets in and out, replenishing supplies, whatever it might be. So it's really important again, to understand what actually occurs in that area of the building, uh, not just looking at, well, I need this type of equipment, this type of conveyor to hit a certain rate uh, moving a certain type of product. So for example, maybe I don't have enough aisle space there. I may have laid in the conveyor, the conveyor would work great, but really you might impede operations in some other ways because you didn't really have a broader view of um, what is actually going on in that area. So that's what we mean when we talk about, think like an operator, you know, not just the designer, but think as a person who would actually be there on a daily basis um, working in that area. No, absolutely. You know, and quickly, efficiently, and effectively designing the proper solution is also just so essential to your process. So what are some ways that you can recommend being able to not only accurately, but also clearly demonstrate this ability? Yeah, so one of the things that is really important to us, Gabby, is um, when, again, customers come with a need, we want to be able to have enough time to answer their question, to come up with maybe they have an idea that they feel is a good solution in a particular area of the facility. They may have something that they say, we know this will work. Please give us a quote for this. What would this look like from a cost time standpoint? If we can quickly and efficiently using a lot of standardization of tools and things that we've developed over time, it enables that systems engineer to have more time to not only put together the solution based on maybe what the customer had, had dictated or, or requested, it gives us more time to also maybe provide 
a couple of alternatives for them that maybe they hadn't thought about before. Maybe it's a, a less expensive way, a more cost-effective way of still achieving the same, the same uh, requirement. So we do focus a lot of effort and energy on developing uh, just internal tools, costing models and things like that, that allow us to evaluate alternatives very, very quickly. And I, I do believe that brings a lot of value for customers. If we can show them, hey, here's what you asked for. Here's a couple of other options that might work even better. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, maintaining uh, quality is, is something so important, but also that innovation as well. So specifically looking towards the future, what are some ways that you can uh, design, but also keeping an eye out to the future. An integral part of our design process, I think, is really looking at, when we talk about kind of keeping an eye to the future, there are many aspects to that. One I would say is um, very often, if this is not a greenfield design, in other words, it's an existing operation that maybe we're doing a retrofit, we're just replacing perhaps some old equipment, an old shipping sorter or something like that. A lot of times, uh, it really requires a phased approach. Perhaps you can't do all of it at one time. You can't just on a weekend be able to just uninstall, demo an older system, and then put in a new one. So I think an eye to the future includes that sort of tactical aspect of um, how would we actually do a phased implementation if it's required to be phased. But then also an eye to the future really alludes to scalability, flexibility. This is what you need today. What does your business look like two, three, five years from now? Especially we've seen so many instances where companies who have distribution operations where they were primarily handling cartons, not necessarily loose items, for example. Their business is changing because of e-com and they're having to try to accommodate a much broader mix. Maybe they're not just conveying cartons anymore. They may be doing bags and things like that. So it's always good to have an eye to the future that we don't put forth a design that maybe works for today and six months from now, but they're going to outgrow it. They're going to paint themselves into a corner and then have to look at new technologies a couple of years from now. So it's always, I think, very important we, we try to ask those questions. We try to understand about where their business might be going and, and make sure the solutions we provide um, are give them some flexibility and, and uh, ability to expand as well. For sure. I mean, it's so very, always so very important to keep an eye to the future and the ways you just described it. Also, you spoke to new technologies. I mean, there's just so many uh, as well as vendor product offerings, uh, MHE vendor, vendor product offerings and technologies. So, you know, just what are some ways that uh, you can stay abreast of all these newer technologies that are coming out, but also that you can easily integrate? That's a great question. I mean, we, we make sure that, um, with the rapid changes, the developments now, the technologies you saw recently at Promat, for example, um, AMRs, different different robotics now, it's just becoming uh, so prevalent. And we get lots of questions about those. And of course, we feel it's very important for us as systems integrators to really have our finger on the pulse of what's going on out there, um, what are really is some of the technologies that are uh, implementable in a way that the customer can truly get the ROI on them um, in, a, in a timely fashion. 
a lot of these technologies, it's moving very, very fast now. And uh, some of them, I think, are still very much evolving. So uh, that's an important thing for us is that as we are designing potential systems for a customer, especially if maybe they're moving from a primarily manual environment to now saying we must automate because of labor challenges and all these things. Um, we we want to be very selective, very careful about which automation technologies really make the most sense. So we actively involve uh, a lot of our engineers are regularly doing, we do lunch and learns and vendor visits. We actually travel and, and tour some of the vendor sites, the providers uh, to, to really see a lot of the equipment and actually see it moving product and, and things like that. So it, it really helps us because it, it is going to continue to be this way. I think uh, post COVID, we've just seen just a rapid escalation and all these uh, providers out there that have uh, automation. Some of it is very complex and some of it is uh, a little bit simpler to implement, but all of it uh, is, is um, going to continue to be on the horizon here for the next few years, for sure. Well, the recurring theme at the end of the day is just keeping uh, the customer's best interest in mind, whether that comes, mm -hmm. I mean, keeping your eye to the future, all these new technologies we're talking about, uh, implementing them in real time. Just so how do you keep the customer's best interest in mind and just ultimately do right by them uh, always? Well, I know the way I've always thought about it is before I'd recommend anything to a customer is would I actually write the check myself if I were in their position? Um, these are, again, Gabby, these are uh, sometimes very, very fundamental uh, changes for organizations to say, hey, we need to move up to we want to redesign the operation and we need a, a partner with us who can help us integrate it. It's a big jump. Because there are implications on, of course, the actual operations, the, the labor out in the, the distribution center that you have. Um, but it's things like systems. Um, do you have the systems to support to integrate to, say, an automated system? Because that is a critical component of it. As companies say, we need automation because our order profiles are changed. We're shipping a lot more now. Um, we're doing thousands and thousands of orders per hour. So we need automation equipment to help us process that. Well, systemically, we also need to make sure that there's warehouse management systems, warehouse execution systems that are able to integrate with those technologies that we would propose. Um, those are some big changes for companies and, and people recognize that, I think, but we feel it's incumbent on us as systems integrators to make sure that we're helping assess what is what are the possible risks for them and, and how can those be mitigated. So I think that's really a, a key. I think just making sure that um, the ROIs on these projects, on these opportunities are, are realistic, that they really are going to achieve what they hope with, uh, with bringing in these new technologies. And um, I think really those are those are things that we believe and we really um, work very closely with our consultants, with our um, with our systems engineers that I manage on my team. Um, we're always keeping attuned to, to all of these things because that's really the best way that you're ultimately going to be putting forth successful uh, solutions.
Well, it's really excellent advice. Uh, that wraps up the conversation for today. So thank you, Peter, uh, for joining us on today's podcast to discuss, you know, how we can demonstrate the value in systems design. It was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. Look forward to uh, inviting those of you to uh, tune into these podcasts, to look forward to the next one. We're um, thankful for your participation. Course. And as always, if you'd like to learn more, please visit designconveyor.com and look for this podcast wherever it is you get your podcasts at. I've been your host, Gabrielle. Thanks for tuning in.